and welcome to Student Mission with me, your host Owen. It's a word in the third podcast where we look at the law and try to understand how it all works. In this episode, we'll be looking at shapeshifting. Hello everybody, hello, welcome back, welcome back to the show everybody, hello everybody, hello everybody, hello, um, welcome back to the show, yes, it's happening again, I haven't stopped yet, we're still on a roll, I'm on holiday at the moment, so I'm on an incredible roll, I really hope there isn't a bad echo, because I'm in a different room, I can hear it now, but I tested it, I couldn't hear it in the mic, so, sorry if there's a bad echo. Anywho, welcome back. Uh, yes, um, so last month I, uh, as always, shoved up a question on the Instagrams and I got some responses this time, which is unusual, um, but exciting nevertheless. Nevertheless, and remember, you can always follow said Instagrams, uh, which is at through underscore mist, or if you don't have Instagram but you still want to get in contact with the show, you can email through dot mist at gmail.com. Both very viable options, and I'll be uh, more than happy to receive your messages. I've had some, but they're on the back burner until I actually hit the sh- the episode for that. Um, anywho, yes, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so I uh, put up a question. The question was, where does magic come from? Because that was the cliffhanger the last episode I ended on. And I got some responses back, and I'll just mention them now. She got one from a username that is just a little letters I'm not going to pronounce. They gave us inner core or essence, which is a fun way to think about it. It's like that, that pool of magic that lives with inside these beings, people, that we all apparently have. Yes. Um, so that's that was one. And then also from our dear friends over at Podcaster Poseidon, we got it's a form of divine energy that can be channeled without genetic lineage to a specific god, which is a very good definition of how magical powers and magic, specifically like magician magic, works and rune magic work in the Percy Jackson world. It's a form of divine energy. We're going to try and work out what the divine energy of the course of the next of, of a few episodes by looking at some other topics and just having that in the background as our, in our heads. Um, but it is. It's and then you then the users channel that energy, but they do not have to have a genetic lineage to a specific god at all. They can do whatever they like. Um, which are all fun and great ideas, isn't it? Ain't they? In it. That is that for the recap of last time slash rambles. So, music and episode. today because of the room and if I shout boo I really feel like boo you may be picking up an echo so because it's a bit more chill I might have I might even find a bit more chill music to put in the background it's a chiller vibe to this this one um anyway shape-shifting that's what we're looking at today so if we go through main people that we know uh, mortal shapeshifters that we know of. So you've got the children of Loki. That's Sam and Alex from the Magnus Chase books, which we'll be looking at. You've got the... I should have looked up how to pronounce this name. Percy Lillimut. Percy... Perse... Perse... Perk... Perry... Perry Colomus. The 
Perry Bloodline. Doobie dooby dooba, dooby dooby dooba. Um, yes, we've got the Perry Bloodline, which is Frank, and we also have Magicians, and we're going to be specifically just concentrating on Carter and Sadie, because Kane's siblings are the best siblings. Yeah, so, why don't we start with Magicians? We'll start with Magicians, as they are the only ones that are linked to God. I also came up with this idea for this episode during a Kane Chronicles episode, which was the Julius Kane episode. You can thank me later, Robert, for not saying the other way. So, <laughs> calling out one specific person, well, we're calling a podcast for lots of people, but you will know, you will know who they are. It's, yes, Magicians. So, as I said, I was looking at Julius Kane's episode, and I got a couple of things a little wrong, because it was just off the memory stuff, and actually... Any magician can do transformations. It doesn't have; to, they don't have to be possessed by a god or anything. Um, they can do whatever they like. And we have so we have Carter and Sadie, who we see change into birds and also clouds, um, which was helped by Set slash Uncle Kane. Clouds are also like the only non-animal transformation I think we see anyone do, which is cool, weird. I'm gonna ignore that the clouds exist because you're transforming into a ball of water, which is more complicated than bees, I would like to point out for certain people, we'll get to that later, that's, I'm sure Carter has a solid description, because I'm pretty sure that's who we're in when the transformation happens, I'm on holiday and don't have access to books, leave me alone, uh, the bird types that we see Carter and Zaley transform into are like the, the national bird, <laughs> the bird of the gods, you see, Sadie transforms into a kite, Carter transforms into a falcon, Mr. Horace himself is Mr. Falconhead, so you can see where that comes from quite nicely. That initial transformation they do is linked with the gods because they are hosting at the time, but you don't have to be a god host to transform because you can still use the power yourself internally, but when you transform you are almost physically transforming into that other creature. You are not morphing yourself into a different thing you're almost physically transforming into that other creature mentally everything because you see it in the books um that you can only really transform for short periods of time otherwise you can be result in not being able to transform back and you can get sucked into the world of being a bird for, for what we get there's also another type of transformations that magicians can do which is forceful transformations you don't see anyone else do it it's only magicians and it's the same principle however you are making someone else do transforming so example again the clouds i think set slash amos whoever was in control at the time did the force them to become clouds like they carton and sadie didn't become clouds themselves they didn't go i am cloud set slash amos went you are cloud it's a mind over matter thing if you are stronger if they you're a stronger will than the other person you are better than the other person yes uh-huh i don't know how what that cohesively went together but next next up we're going to be talking about the perry bloodline doobie doobie dooba doobie doobie dooba and the perry bloodline i mentioned earlier is frank perry gets a gift of transformation from his grandfather Poseidon. And the way that the thought about why this gift is linked to Poseidon, which when I was doing research on his myth, is that water is 
a very malleable thing. You put it's a liquid. You put liquid in a container. It changes to shape that container. Uh, God of the Sea can take on any form because the liquids can fill any shape. It, 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 it. Well, not just liquids. Fluids. Let's throw gas in there as well. But we don't care about Zeus because he's a Mister Gassy himself. Just out of both ends constantly. <laughs> Um, yes, we know that, you know, I don't need to get too far into what Frank can do, we know what Frank does, he transforms, he thinks of the animal that he knows well, and bada bim bada boom, he transforms it, the more better he knows the animal, the easier it is for him to transform, uh, which also links to something I forgot to mention about forceful transformations, this is why we have notes, Owen, read them all the way through, uh, it's easier to transform someone into something else you know. Probably could apply that same first, but it's fun that that is a through link with Frank's transformations. Anyway, we're gonna have a little dive into Mr. Perry's Dooby 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 myth because I wanted to see what he changes into and like kind of see if, see if I could find out why he got the power and stuff. But that like the early part of his life is relatively unclear. Like we know he was an Argonaut, but he never really did anything that called on the ship um and stuff like that so we we know certain things but his biggest moment uh becomes at the becomes when he's part of the defense of pylos which which is like the army formed to fight off hercules's army because he's coming to attack because nellius perry's uh, father and previously angered hercules by refusing to absolve him ifitus i don't know i can't bother but anyway there's a war going on hercules is on one side and Perry's on the other. And during the battle, uh, it said, I tried to find like a proper definitive what he transforms into, but it seems like it's a very bit if waffy. And the website I found, uh, one of the best, better websites I found for this, said that Perry assumed many different shapes small ant to a swarm of bees to a snake, but Hercules ended up besting Perry and killing him. Like his big moment in life is his death. And some say that he died when he was a fly. I saw one, I've seen one place, it said a bee, but that was the Void of Verse wiki, and I don't believe that one for one bit. Um, I don't trust that with real-world facts. Uh, um, also, it annoys something else. Frank turns into multiple bees. I don't want Perry to turn into a single bee. That just... Anywho, when Hercules swapped in his clothes, but I think by looking around and stuff... It may have been changed into Roman in the Roman retelling of the myth that he died when he was in the form of an eagle, and Hercules sh- shot an arrow as he was flying away. And the bees are also within that myth, and it's multiple bees in there. So it's a bit his myth has gone through a few changes, but he turns into multiple bees, which is very important uh, for Frank and a question we have later. And Hercules killed him, and that's his big moment. And then. It's a bloodline thing. It's it's a legacy thing. It is you get it with the Romans, you can have powers passed down, presumably weakened, but because this was a gift to not a demigod but a uh, legacy, it seems that gift is stronger and gets passed down through the bloodlines all over the world. So there's quite a few people that can now transform into multiple things. Yeah, I'm just gonna jump. Well.
finally on our list of things is the children of Loki, aka Alex and Sam, <laughs> because they are the only children of Loki we know like this, and it, it seems to be a demigod thing. Loki is a shapeshifter, I'm pretty sure he turns into a horse at some point, uh, he switches genders, which is not really shapeshifting, I get, yeah, I understand that, but it's it's the idea that he's loose and a bit bit like water in the way of Perry had his uh, powers given upon him by Poseidon. Yes, that's a much better way of putting it. It's because he's a bit like water, also the net. Loki may have been a water god. I'm just throwing that one out there. Cool. Don't trust me on that one at all. And it's just an inherited power. Loki can shapeshift. His, his children can shapeshift, or his demigod children at least can shapeshift. And this is similar to what we see with other demigods, inheriting powers from their parents. Um, but one notable thing that's different between the children of Loki shapeshifting and everyone else's is they can do very shut, subtle changes. And a big one of this is Alex just shifts, was it her at the time? Um, her appearance to look more like Sam at the wedding that happens. And it's just the face that changes and maybe she changes the whole self to match Sam's physique but it is just they can do subtle changes they don't have to change animal they can literally look like anyone they want as well so that's keep that in mind for a question for something that's about to happen after the final music break because this is going to be short Um, yes, so I did something a bit different because I'm on holiday and I knew I needed something relatively simple to look at to be able to put out an episode this month. I did shapeshifting, but to help boost her out for one time maybe or come up with different thoughts and opinions that people could have, I put out a community question before the episode happened. I was like, you got any questions about shapeshifting, guys? Come on, give me, give me, give me things. And I got some responses. Whoop, whoop. Yay! And they're all people you already know, because, yeah. So we have Molly from Fatal Floor, who uh, asked this beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> no, we're not going to do voice impressions. I noticed in Magnetase that Sam shapeshifts, but is able to talk to her in her normal human voice. By the way, they recently read through the entirety of Magnus Chase. And she asked, is, is this consistent with Frank? Um, and no. Frank not talk. How would they be able to talk on why can't Frank is I think comes back down to that subtle changes thing I said. If they are a big enough animal, they can almost morph the animal's facial features to be able to produce human sounds. So they could like just morph their voice box and and a couple of facial features so that they communicate with, with their friends. Boom boom. And then we have I'm guessing it was Darian. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure, 98% sure it was now in, from Podcast of Poseidon again, um, asking, where do clothes go? Very good question. It's always a hot, hot debate with DC and, and the Martians, they're like, their clothes shapeshift with them, like, you go like, bio shit and stuff like that. Beast Boy, I think he probably nicked some clothes from Miss Martian. <laughs> yeah. But, in the Roydenverse, in... When 
can't say the first transform into birds, Carl gives a description. And one of the lines he says is, my clothes and bag were gone, as if melted into my feathers. Because you are choosing how this shapeshift happens. And I think we can assume the same thing, similar things happens for Frank and children of Loki. Um, is that they literally become part of the thing you transform into. Children of Loki can probably switch and choose between if they want this to transform with them. Frank probably doesn't have a choice, and neither do And magicians probably have a choice. But it is, they go, and they work. I will be a bird. And their clothes kind of go, and become the animal, which is really kind of freaky, but also the easiest workaround we have. They literally melt into what you become. Um, now, a question that I was alluding to earlier, again, I've been doing this all episode, is, and it, this one was specifically asked by Robert from the damn meme page, you all know who they are, they are the boss. How frank is many bees? It's a very simple question, but a very odd answer. Um, and my initial thought was insects, maybe they're so small and they usually come in a pack. Or they're more helpful in a pack. That, but then also you have the Perry myth where it is a swarm of bees. So it links back to the myth, which is always nice. But uh, but it's it's odd. I it's odd. It's kind of weird. He divides himself into multiple things. Uh, you also have the question of how small could he go? Could he become a cell? Could he become multiple cells? Um, I think it's like an angry swarm of bees, like just coming out the nest sort of bees. But I did see when I was looking all of this up. Online, I've lost where it was because I don't, sometimes I forget to link things and just keep them in my head. I did see an idea about if Frank controls all the bees or just a single bee in the, like, how did, like, how does the controlling of the bees work? And in that, in that post I saw, it was like given off that it was decided that, and the end, it was like, he controls every single one of the bees, like almost individually. Um, but, one of the quotes, uh, which was something from Boo, Blood of Olympus, and reading it, it was like, a, a bee appeared, and then a group followed. So it's almost as if there's a lead bee. Frank is not necessarily, Frank is all of the bees, but he's not controlling every single, he is not like split his mind between all of the bees. He is a single bee, and the rest of the bee almost follow his action, follow what he does, like subconsciously almost, like how you move your arms, how you move your legs. You don't think about going that you it just kind of learnt you as you're younger, you've learnt that doing makes happen. So now you just kinda of go blah 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 and you can make funny shapes and stuff. I think that's cause from what's happening with the bees. Why he's many bees, I don't have an answer to, but how he controls the many bees, I've got a theory, which is he is he his mind He's basically, his head is a single bee. His mind is in a single bee, and all the other parts are working like limbs, or the heart, or the lungs, or all the subconscious things that you kind of don't think about anymore when you're moving and doing things. And this lead bee goes, oh, I'm going to sting this, and all the other bees go, it got stung, so all the other bees go, sting. That sort of uh, idea and theory behind this. Yes, that is it.
Hello, thank you for indulging in this theory. If you have any comments or theories of your own that you want me to discuss, you can email them through to through.t.mist at gmail.com or you can follow the Instagrams and DM me there at through.mist. Make sure to follow the podcast, like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, whatever you do on whatever platform you're listening to get the podcast known. I've been Owen and come back next time. Ooh, the mist! Fingers crossed.